0: Today, we have with us Brian Garrison with British Swim School. Welcome, Brian.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Lee. Great to be here today.
0: Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about British Swim School.
1: Absolutely. So, British Swim School is a a learn-to-swim provider. We cover kind of all aspects of the swim school industry. So, by that, I mean think of kind of learning how to survive or water survival for young children, as young as three to six months all the way through stroke development for your basic strokes and kind of recreational swim teams into the teens. And of course, uh, we, we offer adult lessons and, and, and um, special abilities type offering. So kind of a full scale, but really focused in on those kind of preteen ages and, uh, and just a great business model where we partner with locally available commercial pools in, in, in the territories of our franchise owners. So there's not a big capital investment, not a big time horizon to get a dedicated facility built. We're partnering with fitness clubs and hotels and the like. So really compelling business model, uh, a kind of rapid time to open and, and pretty easy to scale. So very exciting.
0: Now, did it start as a kind of a mom and pop and then evolved into a franchise or was it built to be franchised?
1: Uh, so great question. It's the former, and so in fact, the, the name stems from the founder uh, was actually a competitive swimmer in the UK uh, by the name of Rita Goldberg, and she actually founded the swim school in Manchester, England, when she retired from competitive swimming, and that was back in 1981. So we're actually celebrating our 40th year as a swim school business this summer. Uh, but she brought it to the U.S., Southern Florida specifically, in the mid '90s uh, when she came over. Um, ran a number of corporate locations in New York, Chicago, DC, Florida. Started franchising about 10 years ago. So, you know, we're 10 years into this as a franchising concept. We have about 75 owners, about 115 open territories across 23 states. So, pretty exciting.
0: Now, how did um, the franchise do during COVID?
1: Yeah, so great question. We were definitely impacted. And as you can imagine, it's kind of a retail, you know, close contact service business. Um, so we, we were basically shut down from the first week in March until about the first week in June and then started reopening over the course of 2020, kind of depending on local conditions. So we're in the U.S. and Canada, I should have mentioned that. And depending on the state and even down to the city or county, you know, we reopened at certain times uh, over the course of the year and really had a strong rebound. Um, And now we're basically 100% open. We have a few owners. Our Canadian owners are are, um, still kind of working through the latest kind of lockdown mandate uh, up there. And then we have, you know, two or three owners in the U.S. who have kind of unique issues where they're not able to open yet. But other than that, fully reopened. and, And I really feel like the reopening phase of last year set the stage for really a strong recovery this year. Happy to provide some detail on that, if that's helpful. Yeah.
0: yeah, Let's dive into that a little bit. And um, what were you doing that enabled you to kind of get this kind of uh, momentum?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we were having a pretty strong year uh, in January, February last year. We're growing about 35 percent year over year, which is kind of right on our budget forecast forecast. Uh, And then, of course, everything came to kind of a screeching halt in uh, in March, as I mentioned. So, you know, we think of three main drivers to what allowed us to reopen and rebound so quickly. And so one uh, was we really kind of doubled down on from a franchising uh, perspective, our corporate team here. Uh, we immediately kind of stopped all financial requirements for our franchisees. We deferred fees back into February, basically wanted to make them feel comfortable that they could manage themselves through the crisis from a cash perspective. So I think that was very well received. The second is we we really focused on helping them make the right decisions. When I say them, I mean our franchise owners, of course, helping them make the right decisions as far as furloughing their teams negotiating with their local vendors, um, thinking to, you know, kind of keeping them focused on the long term. Uh, And then the third is that we we worked pretty hard, especially through our national director of aquatics, uh, Melissa McGarvey, really got involved with the U.S. Swim School Association, with um, various local uh, charities and, and governments to really make the case that we could deliver our service, you know, the swim school business. In a, in a very COVID-safe environment, so we we kind of reimagined what that meant. We reduced some of our class ratios. We introduced face shields. Uh, we worked with our pool partners to kind of minimize the flow of people onto, into, and out of the pool and pool deck area. <clears throat> so we invested a lot of time and, and communication energy, if you will, making the case, you know, state by state. Sometimes even writing letters to to the governors and whatnot to let us reopen sooner rather than later. So, throughout the course of the summer, when a lot of other retail businesses were still shut down, we were starting to reopen, work through the process, make sure our families were comfortable to come back to the service and to the schools. Uh, And it really kind of gave us, I would say, a head start heading into the fall. And now 2021 has been supercharged for us.
0: Now, what does that kind of ideal uh, franchisee look like? Is there kind of a profile you've developed over the years?
1: I would say, yes, you know, they, I think the key differentiator, certainly you want, you know, some management experience, preferably maybe some marketing experience, or at least an understanding of running a small business. But, you know, the differentiator is something where they want the independence of being a small business owner, the opportunity to grow wealth, but really do have a passion for making a difference in their communities, right? So that could be, maybe they come from an early childhood development background um, maybe they have an aquatics background, or maybe they're just at a point in their lives where they said, "I've done very well. I want the flexibility of being a small business owner, but I want to do something that's really purpose-driven." Uh, and so that's what we look for. Um, certainly, we see a, a fair number of you know corporate transitions. Uh, we do see kind of you know husband-wife or, or business partner or some other you know duo where. One person wants to be kind of the face of the business on the marketing and sales and brand development. The other wants to kind of run the aquatics team. Um, so there's got to be that one that one piece of passion around the purpose driven nature of the business. I think.
0: Now, now, is an ideal franchisee somebody who is getting in the pool or is this something that you can just manage a bunch of people and build a team?
1: So, great question. I would say it can be either one. Uh, there's just a little bit different uh, org structure. If I think of our top five to eight business owners, that top 20%, you know, most of them are doing well over a million dollars in revenue. Um, we have two or three of them that still like to get in the pool. That kind of came up as a true owner-operator uh, and bootstrapped it in the water. Uh, And then the the remainder are really more corporate or other professional services types who came in with an eye towards I'm going to build a team. I'm going to know what the aquatics program should look like at its best and be able to provide that quality control that an owner needs to do. But I have no intention of getting in the water. So it really works both ways. And and we coach and advise our owners on, okay, if you want to go down this path, you know, your hiring profile and the team you want to build looks like this you want to go down the path of being, you know, never in the water, then we need to kind of think through a little differently who's leading your aquatic Steve, and making sure we're finding the right person.
0: Now, does this franchise work best in kind of the warm weather cities or is kind of work in the, uh, you know, kind of in the north and the Midwest and the upper, you know, in the states in the top of the country?
1: Yeah, sure. Great question. So, it works, you know, all over. When I say we're in 23 states, you know, we have a real nice density in the Northeast, so Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Uh, we started as corporate locations in Florida, so we have Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and then of course, uh, not of course, but then we have a handful uh, in the California and the Arizona market, as well as up in Seattle. So, um, because we're largely, you know, call it 85 percent plus in Indoor pools, the the weather and the seasonality really doesn't matter. Uh, we do operate or have opportunities to work in outdoor pools, but uh, that's really kind of that's where it becomes more you know southern state or southwest state versus the north.
0: Now, in your growth, um, are you looking for that kind of person that wants to have their own business with their spouse and is looking just to you know kind of have a that second act maybe in their career? Or are you looking for more empire builders that are either using this as a complementary business and they have a portfolio of franchises and they're just trying to add this to a portfolio and they're, you know, kind of take over the world mentality, or is it kind of a, you know, a lifestyle slash business, build my wealth for my family business?
1: Sure. So we see a little bit of both. Um, we definitely have some empire builders that are, Either complementing it with other, like I said, or I guess I didn't mention, but early childhood, whether it's like a, uh, you know, an early childhood development center or a tutoring business, um, or, or something of that respect, or maybe they have a one of the two. If it's a couple, one of them works in a school system, so they really understand the community and the people. Uh, but they want to build, you know, three, four, five, six territories. When I say territories, we're, we're looking at you know, a unique set of zip codes that have at least or up to 35,000 kids under the age of 10, right? So really focusing on that target market and being able to develop the brand around that group. So we have people with three, four, five, up to six territories uh, who are looking to build an empire, maybe in conjunction with other businesses. Um, But we also have those who, you know, feel like they can do very well with one or two territories. Um, and as you said, they're at a different point in their careers where they want something that's a little more lifestyle and, and more meaningful, but still can be scaled. And the scale is all in offering, you know, more days of lessons at more pools. Basically, it's a very simple model to scale. And it's truly a recurring revenue model because you're billing by the lesson, or but you're invoicing on a monthly basis in advance. So, you know, the last week of, of June, will bill for the month of July, et cetera. So...
0: Now, what uh, what's kind of the growth outlook for you guys? Are you looking um, pretty bullish now that we're the pandemic's kind of behind us, at least in the U.S.?
1: We are definitely very, uh, very enthused, very bullish right now. We're, you know, we're on track to exceed what we did in 2019. So, you know, when we first reopened in June of last year. Our mindset was we've powered through the worst of this, but there's going to be you know it's probably a two year time horizon to rebound. Uh, and I think we've probably cut that in half almost. Um, and so you know, at some high high level numbers, you know close to sixty five percent of our owners are operating, you know within ninety percent or higher of what they were doing in twenty nineteen. So there's a lot of enthusiasm there. And then on the on the franchise development side, you know, part of the reason uh, the, our parent company Buzz Franchise Brands, part of the reason we acquired British Swim School, was the aquatics program is is second to none. Um, with Buzz, we have a really strong marketing component, and so when we looked at the ability to scale existing franchisees, you know, move more of the base towards the top performers in terms of customers and revenue, and then. You know, three to four hundred unopened territories across the U.S. and Canada. We really were pretty excited about the opportunity, and you know, what I would say, even better than the rebound of our existing base is really the interest from from franchise candidates, the number of multi-unit deals we've been able to uh, to bring on in the first four or five months. I guess now of the year. Uh, It's been very exciting and and gives us really great confidence that 2022 is going to be uh, even better than 2021.
0: Now, are you finding that a lot of folks out there are looking towards franchising to uh, kind of maintain or grow their family's wealth um, because of a lot of people getting displaced or maybe frustrated with the corporate world?
1: Sure. When I think of the group uh, of owners we've brought on so far in 2021, you know, there it's about half and half. I would say half of them are, uh, you know, pretty successful, pretty senior corporate types who either voluntarily left uh, or, you know, unfortunately lost their positions because of the pandemic and felt like, you know, they're not going to go back to an uncertain corporate environment when they had the opportunity to get into something you know, different, more compelling. Uh, And then we have some people who are, you know, using it more as I'm going to grow this as my wife and I or my husband and I are going to grow this over the next two to three years, even as I continue with my corporate job with the intent of stepping away uh, in the future. So uh, I think, you know, that's probably pretty common, I would say, across franchising right now, but it's definitely been our experience with British School.
0: And uh, if somebody wanted to learn more, have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on the team, is there a website for a p- prospective franchisee?
1: Absolutely. British Swim School Franchising.com. Um Best way to find us. And, you know, we do a lot of uh, one-on-one calls with uh, franchise owners or myself with uh, interested candidates. Uh, and I've got a great uh, franchise development team led by uh, Timothy Holiday and Dave Warren. So, They love talking to people and sharing the British Swim School story.
0: Good stuff. Well, Brian, congratulations on all the success, and thank you so much for sharing your story today.
1: Lee, I really appreciate the time and then appreciate all your listeners out there, so thanks so much for the opportunity.
0: You got it. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll sail next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.